appreciate the good singing tonight. It's good preparation. It's good worship. Turn your Bibles, please, to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2 is where we'll start. John chapter 2. Everybody all right? Yes. Amen. Our Father, I pray you'd help us tonight as we look into your word. I pray your sweet Holy Spirit would speak to us. Lord, we need you, and I thank you that you're all that we need, and you supply every need. Lord, I pray you'd bless us and help us tonight. Lord, you'd work in every heart. I pray there'd be no resistance whatsoever, but Lord, our hearts would be fully open to you for you to speak to us. Lord, we need you, and we need to hear from you. And we need to just love on you and worship you. I pray you bless your people tonight and they'd be fed and encouraged and helped. Meet every need, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How many children do we have here tonight? Raise your hand. All right. Yeah. Somebody, I saw an adult raise their hand. You know, they're, they're right. Because uh, we are actually, uh, how many of God's children are here tonight? All right. Now that. All right, the Bible talks a lot about us being his children, and I'm going to talk to, uh, talk to us tonight about uh, us being his children. Galatians 3.26 says, For a year all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So, and that's the only way we can be a child of God is by faith. Otherwise, Amen. we're the children of the devil, Amen. as it tells us in John uh, 8, verse 44. But if we've been saved by God's grace, then we are children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the church is a nursery. We're singing in a nursery tonight. This is the church nursery. And uh, when the Lord found us, we were dirty and we stunk and we needed to be changed. And uh, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When the Lord found us, like I said, we were dirty, we stunk, and we needed to be changed. He adopted us and he brought us to his house, into his nursery, where he could grow us, where he could change us, where he could work in our lives. He changed us and he put on us a robe of righteousness. And so now when he sees us, he doesn't see our, our dirtiness anymore, but he sees the righteousness of the robe of Christ covering us, spiritually speaking. From time to time, we still need to be changed, though. We still make messes. We still break things. We still spill things. And sometimes we even fall. But uh, this is God's changing station. This is his nursery and he's still working on us. Uh, working on us to conform us to the image of His Son, if we'll let Him. Now, we can resist Him, and we can grieve Him, and we can quench Him, and we can hurt Him, and we can turn Him away. And we don't want to do that. We want to have a sensitive heart to the Lord and let Him work in our hearts. It's a daily struggle. Every morning when we get up, we face another day. When we face choices, we face a choice to either walk in the flesh throughout the day, or we face a choice to walk in the Spirit and let Him have His way and let Him change us and work in us. Here in the nursery is where he changes us, he cleans us, he feeds us, he teaches us, he corrects us, and he grows us, again, if we let him. He teaches us how to walk, and he teaches us how to talk spiritually. He teaches us how to live, he teaches us how to give. In Matthew 18, 3, he told us, he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children. The Bible says we've got to become little children. That means us adults, too. We have to become little children. Well, what does he mean by that? He means a childlike faith, just simply trusting in him. 
when we become adults, some, somehow we, use that in, we lose that innocence that we had as a little child. A little child just, just completely trusts uh, its parents or its, its, uh, those who love it. But he says, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, a humble childlike faith, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. In John 21, verse 5, Jesus called his disciples children, but he wasn't mocking them. He wasn't call, saying they were immature. He called them children. Uh, they'd been out on the, on, the, on the sea, and they'd been fishing all night and not caught anything. And he said, he called out to them, and he had some fish there on the, uh, on the beach, and he had, uh, they were on the coals, the Bible tells us, and he was cooking. He had bread and fish. And he looked out at him and he called out to him, and he said, Children, have you any meat? Uh, children there is used as a term of endearment. He was calling grown men, fishermen, probably rough fishermen, probably they might have stunk from being out there on the sea all night fishing, but uh, he called them children, a term of endearment, and he had food waiting for them there on the shore. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, he, he's called, he calls us dear children. In Ephesians 5, 8, he calls us children of light. In, in 1 Thessalonians, he calls us children of light and children of the day. It's a privilege to be his child, to be one of his children. Amen. In 1 John, uh, we're called to be children, or we're called children, excuse me. And uh, I want to look at uh, several verses here. And uh, in 1 John, all of 1 John, and, and you know me, I don't preach very long. Uh, and I won't, there's, uh, I think there's about nine verses, actually more than that, where we're called little children. And we'll look at them real quick, and then I'll go back and, and make comments on each one of them. This is going to be kind of a preaching teaching tonight, so, uh, but that doesn't mean we have to go to sleep. You know, we can still praise the Lord and worship Him. He's worthy of our worship. The first verse there is 1 John chapter 2, and verse 1 he says, My little children, and then in verse, uh, in verse 12 of the same chapter he says, I run into you little children, and then in verse 13 at the end of, the chap at the end of that verse it says, I run into you little children. And then in verse 18 of the same chapter, he says, little children. And then over in uh, verse 28, it says, and now little children. And then in verse 7 of chapter 3, he says, little children. And then in verse 10, it says, uh, well, we'll skip that one there. And then in verse 18 of chapter 3, he says, my little children. And then in verse, uh, the very last verse of 1 John 5, 21, he says, Little children. And so we get the idea that God looks at us as His children. You know, we think about that song, Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World. We think about that just, just being for, for children, but that applies to us as adults. He loves us like a little child. We're his, we are His treasure. The Bible sa uh, talks about being a pearl of great price. The church is a pearl of great price in His sight. We are of, of much value. The Bible says we're more value than many sparrows. So tonight I want to look at these verses quickly tonight. We won't be here long. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. He made it pretty plain to it, pretty simple. Basically what he says is children don't sin. Don't sin. Why? Because it hurts him, it grieves him. Just like one of our children. If one of our children were to sin against us or hurt us, it would grieve us and we'd be hurt. And we'd need to, to be healed. We'd need to be reconciled. So he calls us, uh, in 1 John he tells us, excuse me, I'm sorry there. It says, uh, my little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. Here the Father gives us instruction like we would give our children instruction. 
He says, don't sin. And, and why? We, we may think, well, why can't I do that? Why, why, why can't I do that? We, we don't have to know why. We just need to know that he said it and we need to obey him. And we may say, well, so-and-so does it or maybe a, a, this preacher does it or maybe some deacon does it or maybe some church member or some Sunday school teacher does it or maybe uh, another good Christian brother or sister does it. But the Lord says, I don't want you to do it because it's sin. And it doesn't matter what others do. What matters is what we do in the sight of the Lord and our obedience toward Him. He says, don't sin. And He knows what's best. Father knows best. He sees the beginning from the end and He sees the whole picture. He knows that sin will hurt us. He knows that sin will hurt our bodies, that sin will hurt our minds and our souls and our spirits. And He knows that sin can kill us. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages, the wages of sin is death. He knows that uh, not only will sin hurt us, but he knows that sin will hurt our relationships. Right. Sin hurts relationships. It breaks families. It breaks friendships. It breaks churches. Right. It hurts relationships. Sin hurts our fellowship with the Father. It breaks us off from fellowship. It's like putting a wall between us and God. I, you know, I don't like getting in confrontations with people. I don't like having, uh, you know, I hope none of us do, but, you know, having a disagreement with somebody and somebody gets mad at you, they're angry with you, and you get a wall built between you, or someone, you offend someone, maybe not meaning to, or they offend you, and uh, a wall is built. I don't like having walls. I like having open space. I like having freedom and liberty. It's like a wall between us and God when we sin. Uh, if, uh, Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. I'm, I'm thankful that the rest of that verse tells us in 1 John, it says, my little, uh, excuse me, let, me, let me back up here. Yeah, it says, my little children, these things write unto you, write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He says, if we do mess up, we have an advocate. We have a, a go-between, a mediator with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation, the payment for our sin, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. So he is our covering. He is our forgiveness. He is our redeemer. Even when we do mess up, but we don't want to sin. Somebody said, uh, Christians aren't sinless, but Christians should be sinning less as we grow in the Lord. We should be growing more in the Lord and getting further from sin. The next verse is uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12. He says, I write unto you, he says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. It says, I write. You know, God was writing a book for me and for you long before we were ever born. He used 40 men. God took 40 men and was writing a book for you and me before we ever came along because he loved us that much and he was preparing a book for us to read. And he told 40 men to write. God told 40 men to write a book for me and for you. Well, it's a love letter that God wrote for us. And uh, I, I was thinking this evening, you know, those of us that are parents or going to be parents or grandparents, uh, we should be praying for our children before they're born. And I was thinking we ought to write a letter to, to give to their parents, say we're grandparents, we ought to give a letter to uh, our children uh, who are going to have children, who have already had children. We should write a letter to them, and, and not, to, not to them, but write a letter for that baby to read when, it's, when that child's old enough. You know what I'm saying? When that child's old enough to read, and just not to preach to the child, but just to say, your grandpa, your grandma, your daddy, or your mama, we're praying for you. And uh, praying for you to be saved, praying for you to have a healthy birth, praying for you to walk in the ways of the Lord, 
And so when that child is five or six years old and can read that letter for themselves, they'll know if grandma or grandpa is gone or, or dad or mom are gone or aunt or uncle are gone from this world, they'll know that they had somebody that was praying for them before they were ever born. That's right. And somebody who left them a little verse there for them to memorize and, and to be a part of their life and maybe their life verse. Just an idea there for us that God could use to bring a, a, a grandchild or great-grandchild to the Lord Jesus Christ by a simple letter that we left behind. It says, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven. That's uh, present tense. Our, our, all of our sins have been forgiven. It says, are forgiven. That means right now, you know before you and I were ever born that Christ died for our past, present, and future sins? Before I ever came about, before you ever came about, Christ had already died for every sin, past, present, and future for you and me. But there was a time in my life when I had to make it personal. It wasn't enough that he just died for them and covered my sins and that everybody can be forgiven. I had to make a personal choice and you had to make a personal choice. Perhaps there's someone here tonight that you've never made that personal choice to give your life to Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart the man believeth, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if you've not made that personal choice, he paid for your sins before you were ever born, and now it's time for you to make the move. It's your move to make it a personal choice in your life. 1 John 2.13 1 John 2.13 says, uh, uh, excuse me, 2.12. No, I'm sorry, I messed up here again. Y'all be patient. I'm glad I'm in a church where people love each other. You know, I can stand up here and mess up tonight, and y'all still love me anyway. I appreciate that. And y'all can sit out there and fall asleep on me. I'll still love you. <laughs> or make a face. <laughs> I'll still love you anyway. All right. Thank the Lord for his, for his family. Uh, verse 13. I, write, uh, I want the last part of the verse there. I'm sorry. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. You know, there's, there's men in jail and there's others who aren't in jail. They don't even know who their father is. But uh, here's a father that we can know. Here's a father that we can know. He manifests himself through his creation. Uh, Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. We can look around us and see God's creation and know that there is a God because there, there, in order for there to be a creation, there has to be a creator. He manifests himself through his creation and he manifests himself through his word. Anyone who wants to know the Father can. He says, If you will seek me with all your heart, you will find me. But we have to seek him with all of our heart. To find him. First John 2.18, moving right along here tonight. It says, little children, it is the last time. You know, a little, uh, a father, a good father, er, us earthly fathers, we warn our children. We warn them about a lot of things. We warn them about people not to hang around with and people to stay away from. Well, the father here, it says, uh, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. And so the father warns his children, us little children, of false teachers, of false doctrine. And there's a lot of it out there. I don't have to tell you. A lot of false doctrine, a lot of false teachers. And the scripture tells us that their number would increase in the last days. A lot of false teachers, a lot of false doctrine. He says, little children, is the last, excuse me, I already read that. He warns us not to be seduced. Look at verse 26, if you would, please. He says, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. 
It says them that seduce you. That means there's more than one. Like I said, there's all kinds of false teachers, false doctrines, uh, philosophies, and religious systems out there. He says, don't be seduced. Let me, let me encourage everybody. We're just, I'm just scratching the surface here tonight on 1 John. I'm just scratching the surface on these verses. Let me encourage you to go home and read 1 John this week and, and, and look at all these things and, and, and dig into 1 John. It's a, it's a great book, just like the rest of the Word of God is, but you know what I'm saying. So uh, go home and study. That's your homework. Go home and study 1 John tonight. 1 John 2.28, verse 2.28. It says, And now, little children... I notice that word now in there. I know this. I'm just picking at little words here. But he says, and now. You know, he could have just said, and little children abide in him. But he said, and now. You know why he said now? Maybe it's because we, we tend to procrastinate. How many procrastinators do we have here tonight? Yeah. Uh, some of y'all were a little slow. Y'all must have been procrastinating raising your hand. Anyway, y'all, y'all, are, y'all got it bad. <laughs> All right. So procrastinate. And now. He says, and now, little children, abide. Abide in Him. Just, just be faithful. God's looking for faithfulness. Abide in Him, little children. Uh, why? That when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed of His coming. We want to be, we want to, when we stand before Him, we want to be able to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We want to abide in Him. He said, Moreover, the Scripture says in Corinthians, Moreover, it is required in stewards. It's a requirement God puts upon us. He says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Abiding in Him will keep us from sin, and abiding in Him will keep us from being seduced by false doctrine. First uh, John three seven. Moving along here, First John three seven says, "Little children, let no man—that's not your mama, your daddy, your preacher, your teacher, your coworker, your boss—let no man, not your husband, not your wife, let no man deceive you." You know, we've got a relationship. You know, I love my wife. I love my children. I love my family. I love my church. I love you folks. But you know what? I cannot let you deceive me. And I cannot let, you cannot let me deceive you. You know, we can be deceived. The Bible says our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Uh, I may say something up here. I may be standing up here preaching sometime. And I may say something that's heresy. Don't let me deceive you. You know, maybe you need to come up to me afterwards and say, no, brother, was it, did you really mean to say that? Because sometimes preachers, you know, we'll, we'll stand up here and we're nervous and we're liable to say something crazy. You know, you're, you probably already think we're crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> you're, you're here, so you must be crazy too. All right. Y'all still with me? Everybody okay? All right. So let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Verse 10, drop down to verse 10, it says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. He puts a difference here, how we can tell, how we'll not be deceived. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. If they talk it, but they don't walk it, they don't have it. If they talk it, but they don't walk it, they don't have it. The Bible says, those who... Do righteousness are righteous, and those who don't do righteousness are not righteous. They're not saved, even though they may say they are. So let's not be deceived. And then uh, 1 John 3.18. 1 John 3.18 says, My little children, I like it that it says my, that's possessive. He owns me and I own him. I'm, I'm his and he's mine. My little children... Let us not love in word, not just with our mouth, neither in tongue, 
but in deed and in truth. Again, we prove our love not by what we say, but by what we do. We prove our love by our, not by our lips, but by our lives. And then uh, 1 John 4 and verse 4, it says, You are of God, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Here the Father gives us overcoming power, victory. And how do we have overcoming power? It says, Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Because He's in, it, in us and He's with us he, and will never leave us nor forsake us. Romans 8 tells us, uh, We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Man, what a verse. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are forever His children, and He is forever ours. And then the last verse here, the very last verse in the book of uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 21 says, Little children... He says, little children, you know, maybe we need to stop acting like adults and start acting like children. Yeah. And I don't mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm spiritually speaking. You know, because when, as I said, as I mentioned earlier in the message, I mentioned about, uh, about uh, how we, we become adults and, you know, we become hardened and we don't have that innocence of a child anymore. And uh, we become burdened down and stressed with the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches and stress and so much going on in our lives and, and we see pain and hurt all around us, the things that a lot of little children don't see. But uh, we need that childlike faith, humility, just trusting the Lord, just running to the Lord. You know what I like? I like when my kids, and you know, when your kids were growing up, you'd come home from work or you come in the house and, and they'd come running up to you with their arms open. Well, you know, I think the father would like that sometimes if we just say, you know, just lay aside all the cares and burdens of the life and just just kind of run into the prayer closet or run into that place of devotion. You know, a lot of times we just go through the motions with devotions. Yeah. But what about sometime we just run into the closet or run into, our, into that place and just say, and just, and just hold up our hands, you know? When you open up the door, your kid comes running to you and they want, they want, they want you, they got their arms up because they, they want you to hold them. I think the father would be happy if we uh, just ran into, into a, into that quiet place and just said, Lord, I don't want anything today. Or I don't want anything right now. I just want you to hold me. I'll just, Lord, I'm broken. I need your help, and I, I need you, and I just, I just want to love on you, Lord. Amen. And, uh, you know, somehow we miss that fellowship sometimes. We, we get, like I said, we uh, go through the motions with devotions. But he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Here the Father tells us to take personal responsibility. He took personal responsibility in saving us. Amen. He took personal responsibility in cleaning us up and bringing us into his nursery where we can be nurtured and we can grow. And now he tells us to take personal responsibility. His, he says, keep yourselves from idols. Don't let anybody or anything come between you and him. Nothing between my soul and the Savior so that his blessed face may be seen. So we need to take personal responsibility. I guess the invitation tonight would be this. And I know I've not been in, in high gear and, you know, not been any hard preaching tonight, but I guess the invitation would be this. If you're not a child of God, if you've never been born again, if you've never, say, if you've never been saved by the grace of God, then tonight is your night. If God's speaking to your heart and you come, He wants to save you more than you want to be saved. 
If God's dealing with you, come tonight and surrender to the Lord. He'll save your soul. You'll be glad. There's people here. There's a, you got a family. You, there, you'll have a family here, a family of God. And then if you're a disobedient child, you may be a disobedient child. You've not been walking with the Lord. You've got things in your life. Then you need to uh, turn from your disobedience and run to the Lord and come back to Him. He's, he, he's waiting there with open arms for you. And then maybe you're just thankful to be His child. And uh, I just leave that open like that. And, and Lord, yeah, I'm not good at giving an invitation, but the Lord is. I just let Him give the invitation. You just obey Him and do whatever He tells you to do. I appreciate you. Everybody stand, please.